We haven't done enough calisthenics today, so maybe we should stand and sit, stand and sit, stand and sit, stand and sit. Okay, we'll get our calisthenics out of the way. We'll burn those donuts off that we ate this morning or those bagels, whatever it might be. Praise the Lord. Amen. If you're fasting today, you're more spiritual than I am. Amen. Um, But uh, I want to look to the word of the Lord today. I want to preach to us a little different this morning. Um, I felt something um, for quite a while and just have not have not preached about it or ministered about it. It's it's probably not going to to be a, 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 a totally shouting message here today. And uh, most of the times we try to try to deal with souls and try to deal with uh, people's needs and, and how God can help us. But. I want to talk to us just a little differently this morning, so please allow me the liberty. Amen. And uh, I trust we'll be better off uh, at the end of the service. Psalms chapter 48. <clears throat> Psalms chapter 48. Uh, just a few verses, verses 12, 13, and 14. I want to read from there this morning. Psalms 48, 12, 13, and 14. Verse 12 says, walk about Zion and go round about her. Tell the towers thereof. Mark ye well her bulwarks. Consider her palaces that ye may tell it to the generation following. For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. Amen. We don't really hear this scripture often. We don't hear much preached about it. But I want to talk to us about it this morning. From this subject, we must not lose our identity. Amen. We must not lose our identity. You can be seated. Identity is very important. Um, we we deal with it a lot, um, mostly mostly on the adverse side, where uh, in our society today, with the technology that's uh, uh, available, uh, one of the prominent areas is identity theft. Um, folks go try to steal who you are. Um, so that they can mostly get money from you or whatever, but it's identity theft. But identity by definition, it's not just about the money. They steal our personal information, who we are. So by definition, identity is this, the fact of being who or what who or what a person or thing is. Identity are the qualities, beliefs, personality, looks, and or expressions that make a person. Have you ever, have you ever, I'm I'm sure you have seen somebody and they, they made a face and you, you relegated that expression to somebody else. Well, that's so-and-so to a T. 
Okay? What, what do you, what do you, you're, you're describing who they are. That's their identity. They're known for that. Okay? I had, I was, a while ago I was preaching somewhere and, and the folks in the church, now they didn't actually bet, but they laid odds on what color suit I would wear. That's become an identity of mine. Amen. Uh, and I and I shocked them all, and they they let me know that. They said, "Wow, you were colorless today. You wore a black suit." I said, "Well, that was intentional." Amen. So, it it is our qualities, our beliefs, our personality, our looks, and our expressions that make us who we are. It is. Who you are, your identity, it is who you are. The way you think about yourself, the way you are viewed by the world, and the characteristics that define you. That's your identity. You can mention a person's name, and you can associate an identity to them. For instance, now you know, at some point I got to mention sports, so let's get it out of the way. Okay, we'll do it first and foremost here. If I was to mention the name Barry Bonds, what would be, those of you that are sports relevant, what would be your response to that name Barry Bonds? Thank you. The first response that most people would have is cheater because he used steroids. That has become his identity. It's his characteristic. It's what he's known for now. You, you could do the same thing. So you don't think I'm picking on other teams. You could do the same thing when you mention the name Roger Clem Clemens. Cheater. Okay. If I mention the name Benedict Arnold. What would you think? Traitor. Okay. You associated a characteristic to his name to his identity who he is he was he was in fact an american general in the revolutionary war but he betrayed his country and so when you mention that name benedict arnold you uh, you immediately think of the word traitor okay you could mention other names in that category jane fonda aaron burr robert hansen there are others that when you think about it, you, you hear their name and you think traitor. Okay? Right now, because of the disgraceful things that the Democrats are trying to pull, when the name President Donald Trump is mentioned, what they are trying to do is they're trying to get his name associated with impeachment. They're trying to put that into his identity. Okay? So it's a characteristic, it's a trait, it's something, it's something that we are known by, it's something that defines us, it's our qualities, our beliefs, our personalities, etc. 
Amen. Sports teams have identities. I remember some of the teams that I played on, some of the coaches that I played for. They wanted us to be known as a tough team. Okay? Some sports teams are known for being soft. You hear it on the radio. You hear talk shows. Well, that that team is soft. It has become their identity, what they're all about. Some teams are, are easy or they're tough. For instance, if I mention the 1996 Yankees, of course, we had to bring the Yankees in. If I mention the 1996 Yankees, what would you think about? Grit. They were a gritty team. Okay? Now, if I mention uh, so that you don't think that I'm prejudiced or leaving any of you other sports fans out, if I mention the 2007 Patriots, what would you think of? Loser. Just had to get that in. They won all year until the Super Bowl and they lost. Along with my beloved Buffalo Bills four years in a row in the early 1990s. Went to four Super Bowls and also lost. So there, I'm equal. Amen. We're an equal opportunity preacher this morning. Amen. Companies have identities. You hear things about them and people say you don't want to go work for that company because and you associate that with that company it becomes their identity or you want to go work that's a good company to go work for because it becomes their identity you see what I'm saying this morning I hope you're understanding it now there's been some identities in the Bible for instance, when you mention certain names, you know what that person was all about, or you have relegated something. It has become their identity, what they're known for, their quality, their character, their belief. If I mention to you Samson this morning, you would say he was known as the weak, strong man. Why? Well, he loved God, yes, but he allowed the world to influence him greatly. And so that became his identity. He was the weak, strong man. He died with the Philistines. If we mention Gideon's name this morning, well, most people immediately would think about, you know, the trumpets and the 300 men and all that. But Gideon's identity was the man of valor. That's what he's known for. Esther. Immediately, most people would go to Esther, to the words that she spoke. If I perish, I perish. She was known for doing what was right, standing up for the people of God. That became her identity. If, if we mention to you... The witch of Endor. You would say, oh, that's the person who called Samuel back from the dead. That was her identity. 
Now, we can mention others, and we'll, we'll do a few of them. Cain and Abel. What do you have? Good and bad. Obedient versus disobedient. Compliant versus rebellious. Just by hearing their name, you associate their identity to what they're about, their characteristics, their beliefs, etc. When you think of the kings uh, of, of, uh, in the Old Testament, there's evil kings. Right away you think of Rehoboam and Jeroboam. And you think of the wicked king Ahab, which had a wickeder wife called Jezebel. Okay? You think of good kings. You think of Jehoshaphat or Joash or David. They come to my mind immediately because of their identity, because of their characteristics of who they are. You get, you, you, you get the picture of what I'm, I'm talking about here. Now, John the Baptist, we know him. When you hear the name John the Baptist, we know what he's all about. He was the forerunner of Christ. He was clothed in camel's hair and ate locust. He was a rough man. He, he was the one who preached repentance to the people. Right? Because we know the story of John the Baptist. We know who he was. He was the one who stood on the shore as Jesus was walking towards him and announced, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. We know that because we know John the Baptist. We've read about it. We know it. But look look in, in the scripture in John chapter 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The scripture is beginning to identify John. It says, the same came for a witness to bear witness of the light. That all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light, that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was not in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. He's speaking of Jesus now. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten Father, full of grace and truth. We understand that scripture. It's introducing Jesus, who he is, and it's introducing John. There was a man named John. Described a little bit about it. We know who John was, but look at the beginning of John's ministry. The Bible tells us that the Jews sent the priests and the Levites to John from Jerusalem, and they asked him a question. Who art thou? 
They didn't know him like we know him. They didn't have the full picture, but they asked, who art thou? He responded to them through a conversation, which we won't go all into. He, he let them know that he was not the Christ. He, they asked him, are you Elias or Elijah, or are you another prophet? No, I'm not any of those things. What did he say? I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. Don't confuse me. The Lord introduced me. The Lord lets you know that I was going to come. My name was going to be John. I was going to do this, this, and this. Amen. They were questioning who he was. What are you all about? Amen. He was establishing his identity. This is who I am. I'm going to do this. And this is what John did. He said as he went, he said, I baptize you with water. But there's one coming after me who's mightier than I. And he is going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Don't confuse me with the one that's going to come. Don't confuse me with the one who's going to be the Savior. I'm just the forerunner. My identity is just to introduce you to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now they asked the same question about Jesus. When they said before the kings and Pilate and and, and all the rulers that he went to, they asked him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Over and over again, you can read in the scriptures that they ask him questions, such as they ask John, Who are you? Or they ask him the question, Are you who you say you are? That's just another way of asking, Who are you? They wanted to know who he was. And constantly, constantly, Jesus was telling them who he was. He didn't hide the fact of who he was. I and my Father are one. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Amen. He told them who he was. He told them what he came there to do. It was not only announced at his birth, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. But he went on and he explained who he was. I'm Jesus. I'm God in the flesh. There was no question about it, praise God. There was no question about his ministry. And yet constantly they ask him, who are you? Who are you? And they constantly were missing who he was. He would tell them who he was and they'd say, no, you're Beelzebub. Or they'd tell him, no, you're a false prophet. Or they'll ask, how can he say that he's God? He was defining who he was. But they couldn't understand it. Amen. They didn't know who he was. And yet we read in Luke chapter 4 about a time when Jesus went to the synagogue. Now he did that often. But this time in Luke 4, he went to the synagogue 
And he went there to teach them. And as he was teaching them, the Bible says that there was a man that was possessed by a devil. In fact, the scripture uses these words. That he had a spirit of an unclean devil. That's just a pause. I'm not going to go any further. You can think where you could go with that scripture. There's a lot of spirits that don't belong among us. And they're not dictated or given by God. Amen. Enough. We'll do that for another day. But he had a spirit of an unclean devil. And he cried out with a loud voice. Who? This man that had this spirit. He cried out with a loud voice. Let us alone. Was it the man crying out? No, it was who was inside him. That spirit that was inside him. He said, let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? They just defined who was talking to them. When other people couldn't understand who it was, when Jesus tried to, to tell people and teach people, I'm, I'm the Lord God. Amen. I and my Father are one. Amen. He tried to let them all know who he was, yet they couldn't get it, but the devils understood it, and they cried out, don't, don't touch us. Leave us alone. We know who you are. Thou Art thou come to destroy us? And he says, I know thee who thou art. The Holy One of Israel. Amen. We read in the book of Acts. About seven guys. They're called the seven sons of Sceva. And they were trying to do the works of the Lord. But when they were trying to do the works of the Lord, of course, they did not have the spirit of the Lord to do his work. And so when they tried to cast out devils, those devils cried out. Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? They knew the identity of Paul. They knew the identity of Jesus. But they said, you're not like these guys. You're not working in their power. And they jumped on them. Amen. And you know what happened there. When Jesus met the man of Gadara. And he stepped on the shore. Without any words being said. His identity was known Immediately, for the man came to him. Not only did the man know who Jesus was, he could not do anything about it because of the devils. He wanted to do something about it. And let me tell you, when you have a desire to live for God, there is no devil, there is no 
problem. There is no situation. There is no nothing that can keep you from living for God. For the Bible is implicit. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. He will try to make you think that you can't live for God. He will try to make you think that you're not capable. Amen. But God is greater and you only have to have a desire and he must subside to the spirit of the living God. No words were spoken when that man came to Jesus. He simply bowed down. That's all that he could do. And then the devils cried out. Don't cast us out. That's all they said. They knew who they were dealing with. The Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And so if the devils know who Jesus is, how do people get it so wrong? I'll tell you how. The Bible says that the God of this world, the devil, and let me tell you, he is a liar. He is a deceiver. He is a manipulator. He is a roaring lion just seeking whom he may devour. But the God of this world, the Bible says, has blinded their eyes lest they see the light of the glorious gospel. And what will happen? When they see it, they'll come and give their hearts to the Lord. God is much better than anything else you can ever get in this world. He cannot compare to anything, praise God. Amen. He, the devil may put good things in front of you. He may put this in front of you and that in front of you. But what God can give to you is eternal. It will last forever. It will give you hope in your life. It will give you peace and comfort in your soul. Amen. And God is ever abiding with us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. Amen. But no matter how hard the enemy is trying to get us to believe something. Martha said it right. Thou art the Christ. Amen. Peter responded emphatically when the Lord asked him a question, whom do men say that I am? Peter responded, thou art the Christ. Amen. I want to let you know this morning, amen, that if you have situations in your life, uh, amen, if there's things that you need, uh, if you're questioning this or that, amen, regarding spirituality, you don't need to go any further today, uh, amen, you just need to understand, uh, amen, that he is who he says he is today. He has an established identity. His characteristics show, amen, what he's all about, amen, he's not only 
a savior, amen, which is the greatest thing he can be. But he's a, he's a keeper. He's a guide. He's a healer. He's a comforter. He's with us at all times and in all things and through all things. There's absolutely nothing that my God cannot do. Amen. If we will just give ourselves to him, Jesus is capable of fulfilling everything that we need in our lives and changing the situation of our lives. All you need to do is call upon the Lord. It's as simple as that. Amen. And God will meet you. But you see, I believe, I believe who he is. The devils believe who he is. But I also believe that God has entrusted us, us meaning the church, us meaning those Amen. That have been baptized and repented of our sins and been baptized in Jesus name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I believe that God has entrusted us with truth. No matter how you slice it or dice it, we have been trusted It's a great thing to be trusted. You know what I'm talking about. You know certain people that you said just about every single one of you about somebody. I just don't trust them. You know what I'm talking about. You also know the feeling that you can say about somebody I trust them implicitly. That's the same feeling that I'm talking about here. That Jesus has trusted us with truth. Not my truth. Not your truth. Not an organization's truth. And I believe in our organization wholeheartedly. Amen. But his truth. For he said, thy word is truth. He has entrusted us with this truth in this generation. Uh, And let me tell you today, no matter what people are saying about it, no matter how society is trying to change it, no matter what laws they're trying to enact, uh, amen, to stop us uh, from being who we are, uh, amen, from changing our identity as the people of the living God, uh, amen, no matter what they're doing, uh, amen, we're not just uh, an ordinary group, uh, amen, but we are his people, uh, we're a chosen generation, uh, a royal priesthood, uh, amen, uh, Amen. A chosen generation that we should show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into this marvelous light. Uh, we're not called to be a church that hides its head. Uh, we're not called to be a church uh, that won't stand up for what is right. We're not called, uh, amen, to be, uh, amen, anything else but what God designed us to be, a glorious church, uh, not having spot uh, or wrinkle uh, or blemish uh, or any such thing but it should be holy 
and without blemish. God has called us to that. And I want to let you know today that in spite of what's happening around us, His truth, His truth, His truth is still marching on. There will always be someone to proclaim the truth. Uh, the enemy may try to stop it. Uh, amen. Society may try to reject it. Uh, amen. They may, they may tell us that we can uh, not any longer teach or preach in that name. But his truth, his truth, his truth is going to continue to go on. In the Old Testament, uh, Amen. We read where Satan has tried many things. In the Old Testament, Satan tried to stop the truth by having all the male babies killed. But the Bible says they hid Moses. For he was a proper child. His truth is going to continue on. At the birth of Jesus, uh, amen, Herod trying to find out where Jesus was so that he could have him killed, amen, but his truth is marching on. Satan has tried many things uh, to try and stop the truth. He thought he might have been successful at having Jesus put to death on the cross. Amen. He thought that he played an instrumental part. Amen. Of putting Jesus there. But it was the will and the purpose and the design of God for that to happen. For Jesus said, I come to seek and to save the lost. Amen. No man. Amen. He said, I've got to give my life as a ransom for them. Satan thought he was the one pushing and guiding. Amen. But when Jesus went to the cross and died and was in the grave, the Bible says that he went to hell and he led captivity captive and he came forth with the keys of death, of hell, and of the grave. No man could hold him. No grave could seal him. Amen. Nobody could put him down. Why? Because truth, amen, truth, truth is always going to march on. Look at what happened at the Tower of Babel. He thought Satan. He thought that he could get the people to get together and build their own way to salvation. So that's not what they were trying. Yes, that is exactly what they were trying to do. We are going to build a tower to heaven so that this, what? The flood will never happen to us again. This is going to be our salvation. But neither is there salvation in any other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You can't buy your way into heaven. You can't sign your way into heaven. You can't work your way into heaven. Amen. It's only going to come by one way. If you're going to enter in, you've got to enter in at the straight gate. Anyone that goes any other way, the Bible says, is a thief and the robber, and they shall not be able to enter in 
but thank God that whosoever will, uh, amen, whosoever will, uh, he didn't put a proclamation, a declaration, a stipulation on any of it. He said, whosoever will, let him come uh, and drink of the water of life freely. For as he hung on that cross that day, uh, he died for every person's soul. Uh, amen. And everybody has the right to come to Jesus. But they thought, they thought that they were going to build their own way to salvation. But God confused their tongues and stopped it. Why? Because it wasn't truth. And truth is going to march on. Satan is always going to use things to get us to turn away from God. He's going to try to tell you that so-and-so don't like you, so you shouldn't go to that church. He's going to try to bring all kinds of crazy ideas into our head that God doesn't like us. Uh, amen. That God doesn't care for us. Uh, that's not true. Uh, amen. God cares for you. Uh, the songwriter said, oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. Uh, his heart is touched uh, with my grief. Uh, amen. Whatever it is, uh, I'm telling you today, God cares for you. Uh, whatever Satan is trying to do, uh, amen, to stop you from living for God, uh, to stop you from giving your life to God. Uh, it's not going to work. Uh, amen. The best thing you could ever do uh, is not listen to his lies uh, and turn yourself over completely to the Lord. Amen. For that's where you'll find peace. Uh, that's where you'll find help. Uh, that's where you'll find hope. Uh, that's where you'll find comfort in your life. Not in the lies of Satan. But he tries. He tries to get. He tries to use things to get us to turn from God. Amen. He has always used different things. We need to be careful in this day that we do not fall for his tactics. Amen. We're living in a day that has never seen some of the things we have seen, but yet the scripture lets us to know. Everybody that has a cell phone, pull it out today. I didn't intend to bring mine out here, but I just did. Everybody got a cell phone, pull it out, hold it up, nice and high. Hold it up high, let everybody see it. Look around. How many people, how many people have cell phones today? Just close to 90%. And if you don't have it out, you got it in your car or somewhere. Because just about everybody's got a cell phone. Did they have this problem? When Moses walked on this earth? No. They didn't. Did they have 
technology such as we have today, great screens and technology to put things up there and follow scriptures and all this. Did they have that? No, they didn't. Did they have instant access to what we have today? No, they didn't. Amen. So you say, well, they never had to deal with what we're dealing with. I beg to differ with you. They might not have had cell phones. They might not have had technology like we have it today. They might not have had instant access like we have it today. But the Bible lets us to know emphatically that there is nothing new under the sun. The same old things uh, that Satan is using today, albeit in different forms, uh, he used in that day, praise God. For the Bible says we need to be careful, uh, amen, that we don't fall to the lust of the eyes uh, and the lust of the flesh uh, and the pride of life. Uh, amen. There's nothing new going on today, uh, amen, but yet is it, it is encapsulating, uh, amen, men and women today. Uh, like it has never done before. I say that hesitantly, amen, because I don't know that. Amen. God was so angry in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah that he wanted to wipe everybody out. He was so angry in the days of Noah that he wanted to wipe everybody out. They were involved in a whole lot of things that were not right. What are you saying, Pastor? We need to be careful of technology today that we do not fall to its tactics. I love technology. I wouldn't want to be without my cell phone, except certain times. You know, Brother John, I love you, but when it rings at 1 and 2 o'clock in the morning, he's not the only one. I, I pick on Brother John. He knows I love him. Amen. I can, he can take it. Amen. I sure wish I didn't have a cell phone. My cell phone never, ever gets shut off. All, all night, I get calls and texts and whatever. But I wouldn't be without it. But I refuse to allow it. I refuse to allow it. I refuse to allow it to come between me and my God. Amen. So as I come to a close this morning, we've been trusted with truth. We must not lose our identity as the church, the church, not a church, but the church. Of the living God. I, I, I'm hesitant to say some things. And I'm going to try to say them. Gently and lightly. But you look over the years. Of how things have changed. The loosening. We must not lose our identity.
a tie doesn't necessarily mean we're a Christian. But what was it? It was an identity of who the people of God were. Amen. There are things along this line that we've been known for, for generations. We must not lose them. Our worship is one thing we have been known for. We must not lose our worship. I'm not talking about noise. I'm talking about worship. As John talks to us when he says, the true worshipers, those that worship from their hearts, uh, those that worship in spirit and in truth. My wife made a comment to me the other day. Again, you know, I always say this. They tell me not to apologize and I end up saying I'm sorry. She made a comment to me the other day. She said, I'm sorry, but I think I'm going to have to have some practice with some different songs that they were wanting to sing. She says, I'm really sorry for this, that I have to tell you that. And I, and I, I sat and I, I thought and then I, I said some things. I said, well, what are you talking about? I'm not against practice. And she looked at me. We were driving in the truck and she looked at me. She said, what are you talking about? You're telling everybody that we can't have practice. I said, I stopped and thought, I said, well, you know, maybe you're right. So I need to clarify. There's nothing wrong with practice. But I don't like practice that brings performance. Performance is not worship. Worship comes from the heart. We need to be the best that we can be. I practice softball. I practice basketball. Why? Because I want to be the best I can be. I don't just wing it, praise God. Amen. I get out there and practice. So what I'm saying is, yeah, we might need to practice some on this song or that song or the other song, but not practice to perform, practice to worship. Understand what I'm saying. We cannot allow ourselves uh, to become like the world. Uh, amen. Where it's just, uh, where it's just about a performance. Uh, it's never about performance. Uh, it is all about worship. I heard a secular preach, preacher preaching the other day, several months ago, and he made this comment. Uh, I agree with him. Uh, amen. He made this comment and he said, Hey, I went to church. One day, and I thought I was at a ball game. What was he saying? It was practice to perform. Amen. There should be a distinction between church worship and church noise and, and stadium noise. Noise is not worship. Amen. But when it comes from the heart. Amen. When I give it to my God, it's from me to my Savior. Jesus, I'm so thankful for what you've done for me. I'm so thankful for how you set me free. Amen. I'm so thankful for this or that. 
I'm not against new songs, and many people think I am. Amen. I, I know I'm getting to be an old fuddy-duddy, and I know I'm getting a, a little bit older. I'm not as old as some of you think I am, but a little bit, praise God. Amen. And, 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 and people hear me, and they think, oh, he's just away, and he doesn't want nothing new. And this, That's not correct. That is not correct. There's a lot of songs that are new, that are good songs. Amen. But there's a lot of songs, both old and new, that have a lot of fluff and not enough stuff. I know it's not popular for me to say that. I'll say it, praise God. But oh, amen, give me a song, new or old, uh, amen, like the old rugged cross that says, So I'll cherish. I'll cherish. Uh, there's some meaning there. There's some depth there. Amen. There's something deep in it. I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies, my life, uh, my goals, uh, my desires. That's what songs ought to do. They ought to bring us closer to God. Uh, and they ought to get us in a better relationship with God. Till my trophies at last I lay down. I'll cherish the old rugged cross. So we need not fall for his text. We must not lose our identity. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 29. Deuteronomy chapter 32. Jeremiah chapter 44. All tell us a tragedy. They all tell us that there was a time when they knew not the Lord. And they all bespeak of the fact that it was not an instantaneous thing that happened, but it was a generation to generation to generation thing that transpired. Each generation lost something of the principles and the truths of the word of God till, till Deuteronomy, amen, 29 and Deuteronomy 32 uh, and Jeremiah 44 all record the sad statement that there was a time that they knew not the Lord. What are you saying, Pastor? Well, what I'm trying to tell us today is we must not lose our identity. We must not lose our identity. And so our scripture text this morning gives us some good instruction as to how not to do that. What does it say? The scripture lets us to know. Sister Heidi, put it up on the screen. Psalm 48, 12, please. The scripture lets us to know the first thing that we need to do is walk about Zion. And so I'm, I'm imploring us today that what we need to do is take a walk. We need to walk around Zion or the church or truth. Take a walk. Go around about it. See what truth is. 
See what truth should be. See how we ought to be living. See how we ought to be talking. See how we ought to be worshiping. See how we ought to be doing this and that for the Lord. Amen. See what's right from the word of God. Not from the world. It didn't say walk around the world. It didn't say walk around the latest fad. It said take a walk around Zion. Zion was where the truth was. Zion was where God's people resided. Amen. And the scripture emphatically tells, take a walk around Zion. Go round about her. Tell the towers thereof. What are you telling it? I'm telling the towers what I'm seeing. I'm seeing holiness. Amen. I'm seeing righteousness. I'm seeing God. Amen. His truth being declared. I'm seeing true worship. I'm seeing spirit. Amen. Worship. I'm seeing people live for the Lord. I'm telling you, this is what Zion is all about. Walk about Zion, it said. Next verse. And then it says, Mark ye well her bulwarks. In other words, the principles of God. When I'm walking around Zion, I'm going to mark the principles of God. Yes, you need to be holy. Yes, you need to be righteous. Yes, you need to live right. Yes, you need to watch how you talk. Yes, you need to watch how you act. Yes, you need to how to do this. These are the precepts and the principles of God. And as you're walking around Zion, amen, as truth is there and is being proclaimed to everybody, we need to also mark well her bulwarks. It needs to be something that's not hidden. It needs to be something that's not from another generation that they used to do this uh, and they used to do that. Uh, You see, the truth does not change from generation to generation. His precepts do not change, uh, amen, over the course of generations. Uh, Amen, righteousness does not change uh, over the course of generations. Uh, Holiness does not change uh, over the course of generations. The Bible says, mark well her bulwarks. Uh, And in the church of today, uh, yes, we have technology. Uh, Yes, we have new things, uh, but we also need to have, uh, amen, the things that the Word of God declares to us. uh, We also need to be a holy people, a righteous people, a godly people, uh, a people that loves God, honors God, serves God, and worships God. Mark well her bulwarks. Consider her palaces. What are we founded upon? We're founded upon the truth of this word. Why? Why do you need to march around? Why do you need to yell it out to everybody? Amen. This is the truth. Why do you need to mark what is right? Amen. Why? That ye may tell it to the generation following. Oh, I'm so glad that my dad talked to me about truth. I'm so glad that my dad, amen, marked standards. I'm so glad that my dad, amen, preached in my ear, amen, till almost I was tired of hearing it. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and him only shalt thou serve, and him only shalt thou love, and him only 
I'm so glad he gave that. I'm so glad my granddad, uh, amen, embedded in my heart the bulwarks uh, or the truth of God's word. But I don't want to be part of the generation that loses the identity. I don't want to be part of the generation. Uh, amen. I don't want it to be said. Uh, amen. Of the generations that follow me. Uh, of my sons uh, and my grandsons uh, and my daughters uh, and my granddaughters. Uh, amen. That they knew not. Amen. That they lost out because they knew not the Lord. You can call me old. You can call me, uh, amen, fuddy-duddy. You can call me stuck in the mud. You can call me whatever you want to call me. But Becca, amen, I've tried my best, uh, amen, to give you the truth of God's word. uh, Amen, because uh, it needs not, uh, amen, be left out. Uh, Zach, I've tried my best to give you God's word. Jackson, I'm trying my best to give you God's word. Why? I don't want these next generations generations to lose their identity we can change our dress we can change our methods we can change our modes we can change with the times we can be modern and all that but one thing we cannot do is we cannot lose our identity we're the people of God we're heirs and joint heirs we're the sons of God And so we cannot, we cannot, we cannot. Grandkids, I look at each one of you, I love you. The rest of the kids that are the same age as my grandkids, I look at you and I love you. But when I see something wrong that's going to stop you from living for God, you better understand. You might not like it. I want to be the best grandpa in the world. Jack, Avery, Mariah, Lily. Hey Amen, Gracie. I want to spoil you all to death. Uh, you know I do. Uh, amen. Bring all kinds of things to you. Take you out. Do whatever I can do. Uh, amen. I want to spoil you to death. Uh, amen. But I also, uh, I also want to see you make it with the Lord. Uh, I don't want to see you lose out with God. Uh, I don't want to see you lose out with what God is trying to do in this day and uh, this generation. And if I see something in your life, you better understand uh, that grandpa's gonna come uh, and he's gonna speak to you you might not like it but i don't want you to lose uh, your identity uh, of who you are in the lord jesus christ stand this morning Psalm says to us, give ear, O my people, to my law. 
incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I feel an admonition from the Lord today. I didn't say that, but I feel an admonition for the Lord today, and that's what I feel. Give ear, church. I'm not preaching to every church today. I'm preaching to our church here in Wallingford. Do I wish I was preaching to every church? Yes, I do. Amen. To be honest with you, I do. Amen. We do not need to lose our identity. Hear my words. Hear the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which ye have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not, we will not, we will not hide them from our children. Boy, that's not the response I thought I'd get. But I'm going to say it anyways. Amen. Hear my words. Amen. There's some things from old. Amen. There's some principles that have been around for a long time. Amen. They're not mine. Amen. They belong to God. And the Bible says we will not hide them from our children. I'm going to keep preaching the truth as best as I know how. I'm going to keep trying to tell you, uh, amen, as best as I know how, how to live for God. I'm going to keep trying to instruct you uh, how to train your children, amen, what to do uh, to teach them in the ways of the Lord as best I know how. Why? Because we cannot lose our identity. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. I don't want Hillsong, pardon me for using the reference, I don't know a lot about them, trust me. Amen, my kids will tell you, I'm an, I'm an old country boy. Amen. I don't want Hillsong dictating to my children how to worship the Lord. But the scripture lets me to know, amen, that I'm going to be the one. I'm going to be the one. I'm not going to tell them how to worship. Lily, I love you to death. I'm not going to tell you how to worship. But what grandpa's going to do is he's going to show you how to worship. Amen. Not by lifting your hands. Amen and saying do this or that but by grandpa standing up here in front of everybody uh, and lifting my hands uh, and from my heart uh, not out of show uh, not out of chicanery uh, but from my heart uh, I want everybody to see uh, amen what it is uh, to really 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 worship the Lord I'm going to show you how to worship. I'm going to show you how to live for God. I'm going to show you, uh, amen, the strength that you can find in the Lord. Uh, I'm going to show you the wonderful works, uh, amen, that God has done for me. Uh, amen, so that you know uh, that he can do them for you.
For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. Dads, dads, you have a responsibility to let your children know who God is what God is the principles, precepts and laws of God dads, dads we push it off to moms too often mom takes care of this mom takes care of that but read the scripture dad, dad, dad you have a responsibility to make these things known what? right here his word to make them known to your children. Let your children know that God loves them. Let your children know that God died for them. Let your children know that God cares for them. Let your children know. Let them know that whatever they need, they can go to God. He's our heavenly Father, and He'll give to us whatever we need. Why, why? That the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children. This what we have, this truth what we have, hear me, is a generational thing. Just as the Bible lets us to know that the sins of the fathers are passed on from generation to generation. I'm speaking to you as Christian men and women today. And I'm telling you that the principles and precepts of God are also passed on from generation to generation to generation to generation. Why? Why does this need to happen? The Bible says that they who are they the generations to come I know who I believed I'm persuaded that he's able to keep me I understand that but I want the generations to come to understand that they can also know who they believe in that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God but keep his commandments we must not lose our identity and so I'm not sure how to close the service you know, they tell a preacher the most important thing is opening and closing. I'm not sure how to close this one, but here goes. Amen. Avery, you're fourth or fifth generation Pentecost. Amen. I want you to know that you've got hope in God. I want you to know that you can trust in God. I want you to know that God is there for you. Amen. That'll never leave you nor forsake you. But Angie, 
you've got nobody nobody's in front of you but I want to let you know that you've got hope in God if you keep living for God if you keep doing what's right if you keep worshiping God worship God you are going to start a generational blessing in your life and it's going to go from you and it's going to go to your children and it's going to go to their children why because nobody told me but God is in my life and I trust in God I trust in God I believe in God Young man, you're the only one, but you can start a difference in your high school. You can start a difference in your family. You can be the one. You can be the one by giving your life to God, amen, to start generational blessings to come in your family if you'll surrender to the Lord, if you'll give yourself to God. Is there anybody else today? Is there anybody else today uh, that wants to pass on uh, that generational blessing? Uh, Do you have children with you today? Bring them to the Lord. Uh, Bring them to God today. Uh, We can't lose our identity. Uh, We can't lose who we are. Worship, worship, worship. Worship, 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 worship. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I won't turn back. I won't turn back. Moms and dad, it's never too late. It's never too late to start that generational blessing. Amen, moms and dads. Amen, it's never too late. I'm going to bring my kids to God. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to show them what it is to be a Christian. I won't turn back. I won't turn back. Decided. on moms and dads get a hold of that son or daughter of yours amen get a hold of them right now amen put your arms around them come on we're gonna pass to the next generation we're gonna pass to the next generation the hope and the help and the truth of god's word none go with me still I will follow I won't turn back I don't care what your past has been I don't care how broken your marriage might have been I don't care how broken your childhood might have been today's a day today's a day today's a new beginning today's the day we're going to start amen we're going to start the generational blessings I won't turn back I won't turn back well take this whole world but give me Jesus. Oh, take this whole world. But give me Jesus. Well, take this whole world. 
but give me Jesus. I won't turn back. I won't turn back. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I won't turn back. I won't turn back. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I won't turn back. I won't turn back. Well, take this whole world. You have no family here today. Get with somebody and pray with them. Come on. Amen. Pray with them believing for your family. Pray with them believing for their family. What we're going to do today, uh, amen, is revolutionary. Uh, it can change everything. Uh, we're going to start generational blessings. Uh, we're going to start generational blessings in our families today. But give me Jesus, well, take this whole world. But give me Jesus, I won't turn back, I won't turn back. I have decided to follow Jesus, I have decided to follow Satan, I refuse to give my children up. Satan, I refuse to give my family up. Uh, Satan, I refuse, I refuse, I refuse, I refuse, I refuse. Uh, amen. We're going to pass on. We're going to pass it on. We're not going to lose our identity. To follow Jesus, I have decided. To follow Jesus, I have decided. To follow Jesus, I won't turn back, I won't turn back. Well, take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Well, take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Oh, take this whole world, but give me Jesus. I won't turn back, I won't turn back, hallelujah, 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 God, I worship you, I worship you, I worship you, I worship you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God, I praise you, Lord. 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 I praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 
I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Jesus. What's the song? Glory, glory, hallelujah. Is that in the songbook? His truth is marching on. God, I worship you. 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 Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 387. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Jesus, I praise you. Jesus, I praise you. Jesus, I praise you. God, I worship you, I worship you, I worship you, I worship you, I worship you. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Jesus. God, I praise you, Lord. Sing with me. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He hath loosed the fateful lightning of his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. Well, glory, glory, hallelujah, glory, glory, hallelujah, glory, glory, hallelujah, his truth is marching on, well, glory, glory, hallelujah. Oh, glory, glory, hallelujah. Well, glory, glory, hallelujah. His truth is marching on. He has sounded forth the trumpet that shall never sound retreat. He is sifting out the hearts of men before his judgment seat. Oh, be swift, my soul, to answer him. Be jubilant, my feet. His truth is marching on. Well, glory, glory, hallelujah, glory, glory, hallelujah, glory, glory, hallelujah, his truth is marching on, well, glory, glory, hallelujah, glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah, his truth is marching on, well, glory, glory, hallelujah, oh, glory, glory, hallelujah, well, glory, glory, hallelujah. His truth 
is marching on. Jesus, we praise you today. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. God, we praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God, I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Jesus. God, I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's not lose our identity, church, who we are. Live for God. Live for God. You might you might be different than everybody else, but live for God. His word tells us that he called us out of darkness into this marvelous light. His word said, come out. Come out from among them and be ye separate. And I will receive you as my sons and my daughters. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord today. Amen. What a great God we serve. Amen. Let's take what we've heard today and let God help us apply it to our lives. Amen. Next Sunday is our progressive dinner. As we mentioned, it's also our vision casting Sunday. And I do need your prayer that God would allow me to bring what I feel he has laid on my heart for our vision or direction for this year. Amen. I don't know how many more years we got. I don't know if this is going to be the last one or not. But I'm telling you, I want to live like it's going to be the last one. I want to make it count. And that's not going to be our theme, but I want to make it count. Amen. Till Jesus comes, praise God. Amen. Lord bless you today. Amen. Greet somebody in the name of the Lord. Amen. Be determined to pray for each other this week. The Lord would help us all. Amen. You're dismissed today in the name of the Lord Jesus.